hello, hello. Welcome to the Efficient Practice uh, Dental Water Cooler. I am Dr. Evelyn Samuel. I see some people signing on. We have Mia. Hello, Mia. Hello. Hello, hello. I see uh, Shade. Uh, Shade, uh, welcome to the Efficient Practice uh, Dental Water Cooler, if this is your first time. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so happy to have you here. We'll have some time where we will uh, interact and we'll be uh, chatting. Uh, there should be a lot of valuable information uh, that we're going to uh, share tonight. And um, I welcome, welcome participation because it makes for a more full and um, informative discussion. So I don't want it to only be me talking. I want it to be all of us sharing with our experiences because that way we can, uh, together we do more. So while we're on the session, uh, what are some of the positions that we have represented here? Well, I'm a hygienist. This is Mia. Okay. So we have Mia who's a hygienist. Tonight's topic is running the business. Uh, one of the things that I know everyone likes to do. Uh -huh, that's a little bit of, uh, of a joke there because a lot of dentists will bemoan that they love practicing dentistry. If only they could just practice dentistry or if only they could do the task at hand and not have to do all the business things and they would be a, a, a lot happier. But um, a lot of the things that we do are running the business. There are things that have nothing to do with um, the dentistry itself. And while we may not ever love doing those things, we can be very good at doing them. So that's the whole goal for tonight is to share some tidbits that will help um, uh, everyone to, to practice a little bit better. Um, to be able to take care of those things that may not uh, be pertinent, so to speak, for the, 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 um, the scientific portion of what we do, but uh, are so very important for, for the things that we do. First off, I'd like to once again welcome you all to the uh, dental practice, uh, uh, efficient practice uh, dental water cooler. I am very excited that this um, uh, water cooler was... Um, that I have been able to have this platform to discuss things that will help us to run our practices um, better. It's sponsored by Equa Marketing, and I'm so thankful to Equa for giving me this, this opportunity to speak on the stage. Um, we, we had a couple of episodes. I started off the first episode of the water cooler with vision, because vision is so very very, very important. So one of my favorite quotes is, if you don't know where you're going, uh, any road will lead you there. So having that vision uh, is super important for developing the practice and the life that you want to have. So that's why I started the very first water cooler with the topic of vision. Then we moved to the second water cooler, which was last month. And that water cooler's topic was practicing dentistry. Or you can fill in the blank with whatever you do. Practicing dentistry, um, you know, ha having a salon, or whatever it is that you, you do. And my main point with that particular water cooler was kind of like what I just said a few moments ago, that um, we do 
we, we go to school a lot of times for a very long time to learn the things that we learn so that we can uh, become professionals or we can become great at our um, chosen you know, profession. And oftentimes we're doing those things, but then when we get into dentistry or whatever it is that we're in, we find out that there's all these other things that are thrown into the mix that we may not have planned for uh, in the beginning. So the second water cooler was practicing dentistry so that you could learn to take care of all of those other things that we um, have to do that sometimes stifle our growth from, from what our main purpose is. So while uh, some of the things we went over in that session was, well, what got you here won't get you there. So basically learning your tradecraft is not the only thing that can get you to where you want to be. And then we talked about designing your ideal practice, your ideal life. We talked about determining your purpose. So whenever you're doing anything, you need to know what your purpose is, not anybody else's, but what your purpose is. And that can be defined with three simple, um, three simple questions. Simply, who am I? Uh, what do I do and who do I do it for? And you can apply that anywhere in your life. You can apply it in your practice, like uh, as, a, as a team. Who are we? What do we do? And who do we do it for? And you answer those questions and you come up with your purpose, which is a lot like your mission. Uh, one of the things I like to do with developing that purpose is I would have that listed in every uh, operatory in the practice and throughout the practice. I don't know if I said that the last time, but basically once you come up with that purpose with your team, you develop that, you print it out in a nice, uh, and put it in a nice frame and you can have it all over your practice uh, as, or your business as a reminder of what your purpose is. Who we are, what do we do, and who do we do it for? And people see that, patients take note of that uh, when those things are displayed. And then the last part of that last water cooler was planning. Uh, planning, how planning now sets the stage for your long-term success. So that was the first uh, couple of water coolers that, that we did. Uh, and now I'm so excited that we're moving into the third uh, water cooler that's here already. Um, I'd like to thank a couple of people from the last water cooler. Uh, that was Dr. Nelson and Dr. Halliburton, because they provided me with some really good feedback on their experience with that water cooler session. Uh, if you're on here tonight or if you're able to listen to the replay, I like to encourage those that hear this water cooler to also provide feedback because that's so important in helping me help you. So it helps me to develop content for what we will be doing moving forward uh, it helps me to understand how I can improve these water coolers so that I'm bringing topics that can help you in your business, but more importantly, help you in your life. So there again, um, if you're on here tonight, I'd like to encourage you to, to um, add feedback uh, on your experience of tonight's session. And thanks again to those doctors for providing feedback the last time. And if you're on here and you stay until the end, I will offer um, a free gift. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what that free gift is. 
it will be a copy of my book, 100 Things I Hate and Love About Dentistry, A Professional's Guide to Efficiency, Profitability, and Sanity. So in the book, we address a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. And we also discuss a lot of the things that we deal with in a business. I use dentistry as the topic because I am a dentist and I practice dentistry, but the message is universal and you can apply it in any field or any business if you're dealing with the public uh, that you're in. So once again, my name is Dr. Evelyn Samuel. I am a practicing dentist, a dental practice efficiency coach. I am a podcaster now. And I am the author of the book that I just mentioned, 100 Things I Hate and Love About Dentistry, A Professional's Guide to Efficiency, Profitability, and Sanity. Now, of course, I don't hate dentistry. Uh, some people ask me why I uh, named the book as such, but I really was hearing a lot of feedback from dentists all over the country who were um, a little bit disenchanted about some of the things that we go through as practice owners or just practicing dentistry in general. So I decided to put it in a book. I was doing some journaling. That became the book, and it's a solutions-based book on the things there again that we deal with in private practice and dealing with the public, dealing with insurance, and so forth. One of the reasons I developed this uh, water cooler, um, I really really wanted people to learn, uh, not by trial and error, because it takes a long time to learn by trial and error. We can all do it, but there is an easier way, and you do not have to reinvent the wheel. I started off many years ago. I cannot believe it. it's been almost 20 years. Wow, this year makes 20 years of practicing dentistry. And I remember when I first started, you know, I got out and I thought I was like, you know, going to set the world ablaze with my, my new dental degree, and I always wanted to be a dentist, and I was going to get out and provide care to patients, uh, quality care that patients would love and need, and then I got out, and I was working in all these different practices, and I was thrown into the situation where I was working in so many different places, and there weren't enough patients for me in this office, or I was with an HMO practice in one place, I was with a cosmetic dentist. I was with a prosthodontist all at the same time. I was working retail at night and on the weekends. And so I began to resent my lifelong dream of becoming a dentist. I was like, wait a minute, I spent all this time in school. Surely I should be able to make a decent living. Not that we're in it for the money, but after you spent that much money to go to school, you would think that you can make a decent living and do the thing that you love and help you know, people. And so it, it was a bit... Uh, tough in the beginning. And so I did that for a while. And then I got a position working as an associate, which was much better back in Alabama. Um, but I quickly learned that I didn't really have any influence on how that practice, on shaping that practice. And I felt like I wouldn't grow. I worked with wonderful dentists that I was able to share on different cases uh, and give advice, but I didn't really have any input on how the practice was going to run. For example, if I wanted to add intro cameras back then, which was, you know, kind of new, I didn't really get to say so because I wasn't one of the practice owners. I was the associate. And so from there, I decided to open my own practice. And then I opened my own practice, and it was beautiful, and it was everything that I wanted to be, and I planned and planned, 
I was very systematic, and I'm going to talk about that today. But there again, we weren't taught those things in school. So I, I planned, and I was prepared, but it was tough. And I want to be honest about that. It was what I wanted to do, but it, but it was tough. And so I want people to be able to have a good experience with dentistry. I want them to reignite their passion for dentistry, become leaders, and get paid for the services that they provide. And that's why I decided to do this particular article on this particular topic, efficient practice. So you can use efficient practices to grow your practice and to, to grow and create a better lifestyle. So once again, I want to thank Equa Marketing for giving me this platform. Uh, if you don't know who Equa Marketing is, they are the digital leaders uh, in the industry for dentists. They help other businesses as well. Um, but I'm focusing on the dentistry because I know they are uh, on the forefront of digital marketing for dentistry, and I'm a dentist. So I want to thank them uh, once again for, for sponsoring me uh, in this show in particular episode. I really wanted this to be more like coaching sessions, and that's how I've has set up this particular platform uh, because I, I know the benefits of having coaches. I'm a coach. I've always had coaches. I still participate in masterminds, and it makes a world of difference. Can you do it alone? Yes, but a coach helps you get there faster. So that's why I wanted to shape this like coaching sessions so you can come on once a month and you get group coaching. Tonight, what we're talking about is running the business. Um, I hear so many people say, if only, if only I could do dentistry. If only I didn't have to worry about insurance. If only I didn't have to worry about patients not showing up. If only I didn't have to worry about people paying for their, their you know, paying for their procedures. Um, if only, if only, and if only, and it goes on and on and on. And like I said before, you know, you may never want to deal with those things. You may never want to run a business, but you can be good at it and you kind of have to be good at it if you're going to do the thing that you want to do. And so I start with, why do we start businesses in the first place? Uh, if you want to chime in, be sure to do so. But why do we start businesses? Why do we start businesses in the, in the first place? Why do we start dental practices? So you can focus on your own vision? Yeah, so you can focus on your own business. So you can, you can have your own thing. And I'm, I'm going to go out to say a little bit more that it, it starts from us being so focused on what we do. We learn how to do our trade crafts really well. Like we're, we're some uh, technical people and we're working in millimeters. And we work in a small uh, space. We're, we're in a patient's mouth. We're working on teeth with these little grooves, itty bitty grooves in anatomy. And we take joy in making these things beautiful. And so we're, we're very particular and very precise. And oftentimes we get in uh, places where we're working in other practices and we work for other people. And something may happen and we may feel like, you know what, I didn't really like that. And I'm just going to open my own. Like, I'm just going to open my own business because I don't like how they schedule me. And I'm, I'm using examples of. Uh, you know, my prior experiences and of dentists that I talk to, because I talk to dentists all over the place. Now, a lot of times people are disenchanted with the place that they're, they're at. 
So maybe they're being scheduled in a way that they don't like to be scheduled. Maybe they feel pressured into doing procedures that they don't feel comfortable doing. Um, a lot of offices like to keep everything in the office. So don't refer out. Do your own endo. Do your, uh, do your own surgery. Try to do third molars so we can keep all the productivity and all of the profitability in one practice. But sometimes the, the associate, I'll say the associate or maybe their contractor, just may not feel comfortable doing that. And they, they may think, you know, I don't want to work on Saturdays or I don't want to. So they say, I'm just going to, I'm going to open my own. I mean, they're doing it and I do this probably better than them. And I'm really good at what I do. So surely I can start my own business. So there lies in the fault. Because not fault, because we should all want better in that way. But there lies in the fact that we don't know what we don't know. So we want to start our own business because we feel like we can do it better and, and that's good. And we get there and we realize that nobody taught us how to deal with insurance. Nobody taught us that we were going to have to hire our own team. You know, so all of these things come into play once you're in that practice that nobody taught you and you couldn't really see it from that angle because you weren't the owner. And so I am all about starting a business. I've started a couple of different practices and have some other companies and things of that sort. But that's kind of why we start businesses. We want our own, we want independence. We want to create a life that we can do the things that we want to do. We want the business to work for us and not necessarily us work for, for the uh, practice. And so we want these things. And then we realize that once we get into the practice that there's a lot involved. So this can lead to us, in essence, owning a job a lot of times. So we end up in these situations and then the, the practice becomes ours. And not only are we doing what we were technically made to do at first, where we were having to do all those things as the dentist, but now we're having to pile all of that on with being an owner. And so we're, we're doing a lot of things that we didn't know we had to do at first. And it sometimes can feel like we own a job. Um, so what we want to do from this point is to set up for success. Uh, set up for success in starting off the practice from the beginning, getting it right from the beginning. And is there any um, suggestions on how we can do that from the beginning? Um, talk to a consultant. Yeah. Get a That's a good idea. We'll talk to people that have their own businesses. Mm -hmm. Research. And get That's some exactly ideas it. and go from there. Mm -hmm. Proper research. Researching, uh, talking to others that have had the similar experience or going through it. Um, doing uh, just complete, you, you said it, just researching, 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 researching uh, for the areas that you're going to be in, doing a demographic study of the place where you're going to be so that you know like how many dentists are in the area, how many people need a dentist, how, what the ratio of um, providers are. If it's going to be an area where you will flourish. So it's getting it right from the beginning and that's basically setting up for success, knowing everything that you want so you can set the practice up ideally how you want it so that when you're in the practice, you're not reacting you're being proactive on the front end so that you don't have to be reactive once you're in the practice. So exactly, setting up for success 
is basic, basically researching and planning, knowing what you want ahead of time, doing that demographic study and going where you're needed, not always just where you want to go, but going where you're needed. So um, I'll give an example of that. Uh, when I first did my residency, I worked in the DC region and there are a lot of dentists there. And as I told you, I was working in a lot of different practices at the same time, because even though there were so many people, the population was, there's a lot of people in this region, um, none of the offices had enough patients, but there's a lot of dentists here as well. And when I moved back to Alabama, um, the way that Alabama graduates dentists is they have very small classes. So it's usually about 50 in our class. So they're graduating smaller classes, and therefore when you graduate, there's a higher demand for dentists because there's fewer dentists to more patients. So going somewhere where you're needed, um, somewhere where there may not be a whole bunch of dentists, can be a, a strategy for setting yourself up for success. So from there, I will move on to one of the most important things in terms of running your business, and that is to work on your business instead of in your business. Now, how do you do that? Work on your business instead of in your business. So a lot of times we'll, we'll be working a lot and we're doing so many things to make our practices run efficiently. We're doing so many things to, to take care of all of the hats that we wear, whether we're dealing with patients or we're, we're figuring out how to deal with our insurance or cover the overhead and things of that sort. So we're working. So we, we feel like we're doing everything that we could possibly do. And sometimes we don't know if there's anything else we can do. But in that sense, we're, we're working so hard in the practice. We may go out and get a whole bunch of um, continuing education courses, and we continue to get more and more skills that we can utilize in the practice, but we have to work on the practice. Are there any ideas of how we can work on the practice? That's an interesting question, isn't it? But, yeah, it sounds like the same thing. You would think if you're working uh, in and on the practice, it's like um, tomato, tomato. So I'm working on the practice. But what I mean by working on the practice, and I'm a big, big, big person about systems. Systems are your secret. Secrets are the, they're, they're the systems are the secret sauce to running the business properly. And uh, most people will say, well, yeah, I mean, I know systems work, but really, really, really honing in on your systems. Everything must be systematized. That is working on your business, developing a system for every single thing in the practice. How will your phone be answered? What will um, uh, the person who answers the phone say uh, when somebody says one thing? Or how will they handle if a patient does another thing? All of those things need to be orchestrated to a T and documented. It has to be documented. How do we greet the patients when they walk in? How long does a patient sit out front before we take them in the back? What do we do if people don't show? Um, what if somebody comes really, really late and they're upset because you won't see them? All of those are systems for your practice and every single thing in your practice 
is a system. You have your hard systems, which are your, your, your system uh, components like your computers and things of that, that sort. You have your soft systems, which are you and your, your team. And then you have your informational systems, which is your, your web now documented systems. Um, uh, another example, when the patient comes in, um, how will they be guided to the back or, or who will escort them out front? And these are all things to help you systematize your practice for success. It is the key. It is the simple key. I've told, we can just stop the webinar right now because it is the key to how you run your practice correctly. Uh, I, I don't want to say correctly, but it's the key to how you run your practice successfully. And of course, you have to determine what success is for you, but to have something documented for every single person in the practice can duplicate it exactly the same is of paramount, 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 paramount um, uh, importance. So, um, Mia, you, you, um, you know a lot of the systems that I talk about uh, in terms of um, uh, being systematic, even your morning huddles or how your team members will do your morning huddles or your office meetings. Uh, and watching the what I used to call the office Bible, which was our video for, um, for encouragement and to get us on the right mindset, the secret. Um, how even that is a system in itself. Secret sauce to how helping your practice work properly uh, is working on your business and not in your business. How working in your business can uh, just be a lot of reacting to situations uh, for the practice. And I'm just doing a recount because I saw someone was kicked off in their back room. But working uh, in your business can be reacting to a lot of things. Uh, and then working on your business would be systematizing your practice in such a way that you have your like a primary uh, aim, a strategy, things of that sort. So everything in your office has a system that everybody in the practice can duplicate so that everybody is saying the same things, so that everybody is saying the same, um, on the same page. And what this does is it conveys professionalism to customers and to your guests uh, when everybody is saying the same thing. If the front office person answers a question a certain way, then the patient comes in the back and you know they're oftentimes asking the very same questions to the assistant. If the assistant says the same thing that the front office person says and then the doctor reiterates it and the hygienist and everybody is on the same page, you will find that uh, it conveys an atmosphere of professionalism. It creates an, uh, an atmosphere of harmony uh, and just a better, um, a more relaxed environment. And it's all by systematizing your practice. That is like one of the key points that we're talking about tonight, but one of the most important, uh, in my opinion, is the systems in your practice. So Mia, if you're back with us and you were, you were sharing something, if you're able to, you're welcome to share that now. Um, what I was saying, I hope I don't cut out this time, but what I was saying is, um, especially the front personnel, the because um, you know that's the first people that they see when they when customers come in, patients come in, and a lot of times they're. Um, 
it's hard for them to collect money. That's like the biggest thing is collections. Um, it's hard to ask people to pay up front for certain things and get them, you know, to do that. So that, that's like the biggest thing is to have that in system so they know exactly what to say and exactly what to do so they won't feel, I guess, ashamed, I don't want to say, about asking or embarrassed about asking for that. Because um, I've, I've noticed that a lot. A lot of people up front really have a hard time asking, you know, to pay. So I think that's one of the, you know, best systems to have in place. And, of course, answering the phone and, you know, things like that. That's a very, that's a very good point. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. If you have someone up front that is afraid to collect money, they shouldn't be up front. Uh, and I, I, that that may sound a little bit um, uh, harsh, but you you have to have someone is is that that's confident that the procedures that that we're doing that the doctor is doing and that the team is doing and um, the things that we're we're doing is for the betterment of the patient, and we deserve to be paid for our services. And you're right, Mia. That is one of the most uh, important systems to have in place. Um, it is definitely a system and you have to train on that because a lot of times people don't naturally know how to ask for money. And if they have any kind of, uh, uh, any kind of perk or any kind of, uh, if they have any kind of insecurity, I guess that would be the word in the price. Cause sometimes dentistry can cost a lot of money. It could be several thousands of dollars, but it also costs a lot of money to, to practice dentistry, to, to do the crowns and, the materials and things that we use. So if, if the person themselves is thinking, wow, that's a lot of money, they're gonna convey that to the patient. And then that sometimes will make the patient think, oh, are they overcharging me? Which is definitely not the case, but that person has to be very comfortable looking the, the person in the eyes and saying, "Miss Jones, your fee for today will be, how will you be paying for that? Will that be cash check or charge? Um, and so with that, there again, yes, Mia, you're right. That is definitely a system and the office has to practice that. So a lot of times what I will do is I cross train everybody in the office to the limits of what they can do. So of course, if it's an assistant, they can't do some, some of the, the, the procedures that the hygienist can do or or that I can do as the doctor, but there are a lot of things that we can all do. And I like to cross train everybody so everybody knows how to say these things. Like we said, everybody's on the same page. And you're actually, you develop a system that has to be documented because it has to be written down. Uh, you have to come up with it first. It has to be concrete, then it has to be documented. And then you have to learn how to, how to say it like how to ask for money, how to sit in your workshops, in your office meetings with the team members and actually role play, which is one of the, the best things you can do um, uh, for the practice and for training is role playing. But role play the scenarios. You're going to role play the scenarios in terms of, um, you know, uh, how do you, how do you react when somebody says that's too much money? Or how do you react when somebody says, well, I forgot my checkbook. There is a system for even that, for that particular um, uh, scenario where somebody goes, well, I forgot, I forgot my checkbook, or, um, well, uh, I don't want to pay today. 
I want to pay next week because that's when I get paid. And so the office has these systems in place and it doesn't, you can say it in such a way that it's very um, uh, polite and you can be very professional and courteous, but you can be very firm and you use your office's system to achieve the result that the office wants, which is to help this patient, maybe get them out of pain, to get paid for their services because they're providing the service and to make the patient better and then the patient gets the help. So um, number one, they're, they're different personality types and we'll get into that in a later session of where people should work in different parts of your business. Um, you should have different types of uh, personality types to maybe a certain type of personality to deal with the, the finances of the practice. That's gonna be somebody who's more direct uh, you may have somebody that's more friendly and bubbly for the person who's going to be your receptionist or they're welcoming people. And so that all goes into play, but you definitely have to have somebody who's confident with finances if they're going to be uh, collecting on behalf of your office. I've heard a lot of interesting things. I've been in a lot of different practices all over the, all over the country, really. And I've heard some interesting things, uh, kind of like you said, Mia, where some people are afraid to ask for money. Just the things that I've heard, just kind of observing when I go in and observe offices, is, is amazing that, you know, that that goes on. But yes, if you have a clear system uh, for that, and then you role play and practice that system so that you have an answer for whatever comes up, uh, in any kind of scenario, you don't want to be scripted. If you want to have a script, you don't want to be scripted, but you do want to have guidelines to go by so that you can handle all of those scenarios. So yes, that is a very, very uh, important point that you bring up, a very important system that, that you mentioned. And also you said something else about pay up front. I'm, I'm a big advocate for that because we know that when patients pay up front, they show up for their appointments that will decrease the no-shows. So there again, there is a system to have people pay up front for those services, especially if the doctor is blocking off long blocks of time for the procedures. You want to make sure that this person is going to show up when you're doing that. There is a system for that as well. And so when you're developing these things, like we talked about why a person starts a business, um, how to set up for success, uh, when you're doing these things, uh, you will, you'll notice that there are certain stages of your business. And I like to say business because I know that there are some people on here that may not be dentists, but you may have businesses and, and, and all of these things are kind of universal. So let's say you're in a business and you started the, the business, uh, dental practice or business. You say, you know, I want to own a practice and I'm kind of doing a recap because I know some of you got, um, got off, kicked off and you're back on. Starting a business because I was in an uh, associateship that I just didn't like and, and I can do it if they can do it. And then you get in and all these things are thrown at you. And so you're having to learn how to be a business owner. You're learning how to set up your practice right and you're learning how to systematize. I cannot stress how important that is because that's my thing. How to systematize your practice for success. Your practice is going to be or your business is going to be in certain stages. The infancy stage is when you first decide to do that, where you're saying, you know, I'm going to start a business. And this is where you're doing everything. Like you're answering the phone, you're jumping in, you're doing uh, some of everything to ensure that your practice is running properly. You may not have the team in place that you need yet. But this is when it starts to feel like you're owning a job. Because like I said, you're now 
doing that thing that you were so good at, which in our case is the dentistry, but now you got to do all these things as the owner, which you didn't really count on at first. And so you're in an infancy stage because you can continue to do all these things for for a little bit of time where you're keeping everything running right or you're you're working on your own marketing, you're working on, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. But after a while, that gets old and you can start to burn out really quickly. And then you can start there again to resent what you're doing. Um, if you're doing it correctly, your practice, your business is going to grow. And then it's going to move more to a, an expansion type of, uh, expansion type of, um, of um, uh, growth. And at this expansion time, this is when you start hiring more people. So the practice is growing or your customer base is growing. The patients are growing and you now need help. So you're hiring people. And so you get people, and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll hire people that we think have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of experience and we just put them in the position and we let them do it. And we may not know what they're doing. I've seen this a lot. So if somebody is an office manager and they have 20 years of experience, they get to run your front desk. And then the, the dentist oftentimes doesn't know what they're doing. So that can create a problem as you may become dependent on a person. And what if they leave? Well, what if they're not doing everything correct? If you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what they're doing, they may be doing things that they did at another practice that might not be the best practice for your practice. Or you might have a huge account receivables that you didn't even know you had because they may not be using proper collection uh, protocols and procedures and systems. So with that, you, that's when you have to start there again systematizing so that you can learn everything about your practice. I always say that. Learn everything about your business. You may not, you shouldn't have to do it all. You should never have to do it all, but you should know it all. So you learn it all so that when you get people in place and you have these wonderful systems that you're going to develop and everybody can jump in, no matter who it is, they can get in and do the system, you understand what is going, in, going on in your business. So if somebody leaves, it's okay because you have a system in place that somebody else can jump in and they can repeat it as well. The idea is to go from that to go to a more of a, a maturity uh, growth. And this is where you're building your, your business so that your business can work for you. And you're not a slave to your business. So you're not feeling like you own a job. But you want to create it in such a way that your business works for you. We went to school for a long time. We want to be able to create a life where you can help people and you can do what you love to do. And I, I speak for myself, create smiles. But you also want to have some financial freedom uh, because you invested so long in this. So we don't want to own a job. We want to own a business. And that is a place that can run without you. And what I mean by that is, you still have to have a hand on it, but it can still run if you're not there. Let's say if you're not there or if you need to go on a vacation or if you need to go to a course, your practice can run in such a way that it is like a well-oiled machine and it can run even in your absence. And I think that is the big idea of what we're trying to do. We want to, to make sure that we use what is called like a franchise concept. And that's where we have the office so systematized that anybody can come in that practice and it will work the same.
Have you ever thought about like the, the restaurants? And I'll use um, McDonald's uh, as an example because that's a, a big franchise. It's like a multi-billion dollar company. But they have it so systematized that anybody can come in there, like a high school student, any student can come in there and they can work and the burger should taste about the same no matter where you are in the world in terms of uh, the burger and the fries that you get. It's not because the workers come in and they're so skilled. Like we're trying to hire in our practices a lot of time the person with skills and things like that. You want skilled people, but it's their system that's working. It is the system where anybody like a high school student can come in and they can, you know, put the certain amount of ketchup on the burger or the pickles and the onions or whatever it is in such a way that anybody can come in there and do it. And that's what a franchise thought process is. You think of it as if you're going to franchise your practice or your business, like, and you may never do that, but it should be so systematized that anybody can come in there and it can work for you, uh, even in your absence. So if you were to sell it tomorrow, or if you were to de develop 10 other practices, they were all run exactly identical. And on the first day when somebody comes in, after they've done their extensive training, because I believe in extensive training before we let loose to go into practice, that they can step in and do it exactly like the person did before. So if you're not doing those systems, it's left to chance. Nothing should be left to chance. It's left to how that person wants to do it into their best discretion or how they did it at the last office. So it should be so laid out that anybody can come in uh, once again and step in and do it the same. Uh, they can say the same things to the patients. They can answer the phone the same way. They have a response for, oh, I forgot my checkbook. They have a response to, you know what, I don't really want to pay. I, you know, I, I, I'll pay next visit because that's more convenient for me. Uh, the team will have something in place when you have those documented uh, programs and systems in your practice. So are there any questions on that thus far? Uh, we're uh, on that system, uh, systematizing of the, the business. As you can see, that's my thing, systemize, systemize, and systemize. So to me, that's kind of like your ultimate, um, ultimate secret to um, having a fruitful business is systemization, systema systematizing your practice in your business. So the ultimate thing that we want to do is we want to design a practice and a business that works for you. So many times, we don't have that. Uh, we get inundated with all of the hats and the fires that we're putting out uh, in our businesses. And a lot of times it, it becomes uh, more of a, a task. Um, sometimes we can be, uh, become burnt out. I hear it all the time. Um, but we have to back back and do some planning and really take some time to develop the practice exactly how we want it to be and ideally um, so that we can create a practice that supports our life and our lifestyle. So these are some of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight, systemized uh, systems, uh, organization, um, that whole franchise effect that we kind of talked about, uh, develop your, your practice in the beginning, like you're going to uh, develop many of them. You may not do so, but so that anybody could come in 
and do exactly what you do without missing a beat, how everything needs to be documented. And, and one of the things that you'll find with your customers is that people love predictability. Um, and what I mean by that, they, they like a consistent result. Uh, if you ever go to a nice resort or have one of the things I used to do with my teams, we would go like to the spa and just observe great customer service, the patient experience, the customer experience. And so people like that consistency. So if you have those systems in place, when Ms. Jones arrives, she knows that she's going to be greeted with a smile by her name. She knows that she's not going to wait and she's going to come into the office and she will be seated immediately in the back. She knows that she will have an on-time procedure. Um, she knows that she'll get a warm towel at the end of, of her um, procedure. Um, she knows that she'll get a courtesy call that night to make sure she's okay. It's consistency. Uh, these are all systems, but it's that consistent result that people uh, come to love and that they may crave and like, but they don't even know that that's what's going on. So creating the ultimate patient experience there again with my favorite uh, thing in the practice in that system. So um, basically what I want to do now um, if you have any questions or anything to add to that, please feel free to do so uh, at this time. Um, I'd be happy to hear your input. Uh, if there are no questions, I would like for you all to make sure that you offer feedback on uh, this particular water cooler session uh, because it's so important. It helps me to develop content um, to make sure that I am talking about things that are beneficial to you and that will help you in your businesses. Um, and so I, I really appreciate uh, those of you who have been taking time to give us feedback. And I ask that if you're on tonight, that you would also provide um, feedback as well. We will uh, have a, another water cooler session and that's gonna be in a month on, uh, the next date is March the 15th. The water cooler sessions are every third Wednesday of the month. It is at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So please, please, please join me on that session as well. I'd like to also thank Equa Marketing for sponsoring me on this uh, dental water cooler series, The Efficient Practice Dental Water Cooler. I definitely want to bring uh, information to you all that will help you to have uh, better practices, reignite your passion for your practices, help you become leaders for your team, and also help you to develop a better quality of life because that is uh, so very important. Isn't that why we're doing it all is to, to help our patients, of course, but to have a uh, better quality of life. Um, and there was a, another question that I, I forgot to address uh, before I cut off, which I'm, I'm about to do shortly. And it was basically that uh, how uh, the systems are good. I think I got this question for, uh, from someone the other day. Systems are good, but how do I make my team do them? So once you get everything all organized, systems are good, but how can I get my team on board? Uh, and my simple answer for that is you, you, you probably can't make your team get on board, but you want to create an atmosphere 
for people want to be on board. So if you're walking the walk as the doctor or the leader, um, you're showing up on time, you're following the systems, you're excited, you're passionate about what you're doing. Uh, if you have everything systematized and it's not left a chance, people um, crave order. So that order is there. I think that helps people to jump on board uh, more or less with your, with your program uh, in with your systems. So once again, thank you so much for joining me on this Dental Water Cooler. Hopefully I'll see you next week on Wednesday, March 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And the topic for that water cooler is a cluttered desk. Of course, there's more to it than that, but it's a cluttered desk. I'll tune in to hear exactly how, what we'll be talking about and what goes into that as well. Hi, I'm Dr. Evelyn Samuel, your host. Thank you for joining and be well until we meet again.